0: Hey, everybody, this is Brennan Gone, old driver, the number 62 in NASCAR, and you're listening to the Quick Pick.
1: Ah! <laughs> Welcome back to the Quick Pick Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan, joined as always by Connor. We are back after one of in my opinion, the best races of the year. But before we get started on the rest of the show, let's hear a quick word from our partner, Zence NC.
0: Yes, Zense NC is an up and coming YouTuber who has great content, all about NASCAR, informational videos, what if videos, etc. And it's just he's a great YouTuber, he's up and coming, his quality is great, his editing is great, his audio is great, and those are some things that really make or break a YouTuber. Um, his last video is uh, "What if," I think it was "What if" Jail Junior didn't leave DUI. I could be wrong. He could have posted another one, but go check him out. Links will be in the description for his YouTube and Twitter. Follow him on Twitter, and go subscribe over on YouTube. Let's get him, let's get him to hundred followers over on Twitter.
1: Yeah, and he's at four hundred twenty-seven subs right now. So maybe let's see if we can get him up to five hundred you know, over the next few weeks. So spread that around and get his channel to continue growing. With that being said, Connor, I think this race was a top five race of the year. I think it was absolutely fantastic. Darlington is an amazing track, and uh, yeah, leaves me very excited for the next race in the playoffs to see what else will will happen.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you there. The race was great. Racing was great, except for you know, Alex Bowman got in, uh, got in, got in the wall there and kind of ruined his day. But um, it was a great race. Um, playoff Wow, drivers that haven't made mistakes all year were making mistakes and pit crews that haven't made mistakes all year were making mistakes and that's just the pressure of the playoffs and um it's gonna be fun to watch this playoffs And i cannot wait for richmond this upcoming weekend under the lights on a saturday
1: night race four drivers crashed out of the race four playoff drivers dnf'd which is which is crazy i mean It really was a war of attrition. You had um, Ryan Blaney had a brake failure. He didn't DNF, but he struggled with equipment stuff. I mean, other guys wrecked out, Michael McDowell, Kyle Busch, William Byron, and Chase Elliott all wrecked out of the race, and those are just the playoff guys. I mean, you had Eric Jones. Cody Ware with a pretty scary – he had carbon monoxide poisoning. He sustained damage in the middle of the race he just started, apparently he started getting dizzy and blacking out and um, seeing cross-eyed and a, a bunch of really scary things, especially when you're driving a race car. So he DNF for that reason. He is okay, but um, James Davison also DNF. So, you know, you had a lot of guys with damage. Uh, you mentioned Alex Bowman getting, getting into some trouble as, as well as Ryan Blaney. And I think, Whenever the equipment comes into the NASCAR race, whenever there's equipment failures, it makes the race more interesting, in my opinion. You just don't see it as much anymore.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you there. And it was just a great race. You had, as you said, multiple playoff drivers that just didn't finish a race and have not done this all year, and they just did it since the playoffs started. But let's go through the top 10. Coming home 10th in the three-car, Austin Dillon, a non-playoff car, which I really think should be in the playoffs, but heard me say that but a solid run for that three team he's been assistant as of late just missed the playoffs but um a nice
1: solid top 10 for that three team chris busher comes in ninth another very good run for that team um i think this is the last year that in my opinion next year we will stop being surprised when a roush car is in the top 10 that's my opinion that the next gen car plus brad coming in i think they will return to their prominence but a very good run for busher and it improves his stock going into the off season where I don't think he's confirmed yet to be back in that 17 car. We're assuming he is, but I don't think they've really said anything official.
0: Yes. Coming home in eighth is the Penske car. Number 22 of Joey Logano playoff car, very solid run, very professional like run for Joey Logano. And hopefully this kind of starts momentum. He's been really struggled really this year. Um, but I, 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 really think he is just a veteran and will get move in here as the playoffs go. He seems to always do it and um, could be a threat.
1: Yeah, and another driver with a quiet night is teammate Brad Kuzlowski who just kind of avoided getting in trouble and came home with a top 10. And so Sorry that I lost you for a second. Coming home
0: Coming up in six, the one-car of Kurt Busch. Um, just another veteran-type run. Uh, it's it's we'll really hard to see how he goes to these playoffs because last year, Chip Ganassi, he's going over to 23X1. Um, but I feel like he's going to have a very good, solid playoffs, as he always does. And he could even have a win because we never know with him. But um, just a veteran. I feel like all the veterans did really well, and this is just a very solid Kurt Busch-type run.
1: Yeah, and Kevin Harvick in fifth. Uh, he snags top five. They had more speed in that car. All the um, Stuart Haas racing cars had more speed than to be expected. All of them finished in the top 20, which we haven't been able to say too much this year, surprisingly. So, um, you know, I think it's a very solid run for him. It's a very Kevin Harvick esque run when his equipment isn't there to steal a top five or a top 10. And so, it's a good run for him in that beautiful throwback paint scheme. I mean, that was a really—I know it wasn't throwback weekend. I don't care. I love that some teams still did the the did the throwback, and that was just a gorgeous car. Yeah,
0: I I, I really like Kevin Harvick's car there. Coming home in fourth is a 19 car of Martin Trucks Jr. Man, if they didn't have that penalty on pit road at the very end of the race, I think they win the thing. I really do. I mean. I forget, well, it was speeding at the entrance, right? Entrance of pit road. Yeah, speeding for entrance like and man, I was ho- I wish he didn't speed because I didn't really not want the race winner Denny Hamlin to win this race. I Ethan did what Ethan didn't want him to win either, uh, the text message that he sent me. But um just a very almost
1: uh, the comeback of the year in a race
0: for the 19 team of Martin tricks Jr.
1: We will discuss Denny Hamlin later because we have some things to talk about with him. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a shame for that team. They've had a ton of speed, both Bar- Darlington races this year. They came up short in this one. They won the first one earlier in the season, but a, a very strong run for that team. They've been surprisingly consistent. They've been showing up a lot in our top 10 recaps. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's good for them. I think they are a round of eight, possibly round of four threat. I think I had them going out in the round of eight. Uh, coming in third, Ross Chastain, what a run for that team for the whole Chip Ganassi organization because they had cars that Kerpoch finished sixth, Ross Chastain finished third. A fabulous, fabulous run. I think if he's a little more patient on that last run, he might have been able to challenge for the win. That caution probably cheated him out of a win because he beat Larson out on that pit stop there. Uh, which would have been the second-to-last pit stop, but the last caution bunched everyone up, brought the strategies together, and him and Larson weren't quite able to catch Hamlin, but Chastain had a rocket ship on Sunday night, and it was a lot of fun to watch. I think Chastain, is, his stock is rising. I thought going into the year that he, especially since he wasn't able to really win in the Xfinity series, he just didn't seem to have the raw potential to do anything more than finish top five, top ten. I didn't expect too much out of him, but his stock, at least for me, is rising a ton. And that was a coming out party for that 42 car because he was up front all night long.
0: Yeah, Trackhouse is getting a good one. In Ross Chastain. Coming up second. Sorry, I just video game day. Kyle Larson just the dominant car. He was just flat out dominant again. Well and I mean
1: didn't win. Hamlin only led 10 less laps than him. So, him and Hamlin were the best cards.
0: Yeah. And Kyle Larson just, he did everything right. Just at the end, cards didn't fall his way. A little bit slow in the pit stops, but just so close. He just pretty much sent it in there on the final turn, which I wish more guys did because I honestly think that's a brilliant move on a fully funded team in HMS. They can, they have the money to buy a new car and especially he,
1: this year with the gen six chassis going out the window in, in nine races now it's like why not why not yeah, just he send just, it you just went and i mean if danny
0: hamlin went low and just kind of was safe which i honestly thought he would do play it safe go low don't hit the wall or anything throughout the final turn i think kyle larson sends it in there and whoops right around him and goes and takes the win i honestly think that would have happened if danny hamlin went low because Kyle Larson was going full speed in there and just kind of rode it around. And, I mean, he got all the way up to Hamlin's, like, back bumper and was pushing him um, because Hamlin went high. It almost protect. looked
1: for a moment, coming off of four, that Hamlin was going to – that Larson was going to get Hamlin on the outside. But – uh Hamlin went when it stayed just high enough to hold him off. And uh, Larson finishes second right on Hamlin's bumper. I think when I saw that happening, the first thing that went into my mind is what if they wreck and Chastain gets through it to, to win. I think if that had happened, honestly, if if Larson if Hamlin didn't win that race, like if Hamlin did not win coming out of that corner, I think this race would be like. A 97% on Jeff Gluck's poll. Like, I think a finish like that would have completely vaulted this into into the Hall of Fame for races uh, this year because it was just, it was a fantastic race overall. It really reminded
0: me a lot of Noah Gregson and that star dude back at Homestead. (laughs) I don't know, because it looked like Hamlin had an issue and went up and just like Kyle Larson just ran to the back home like Noah did. Speaking of Noah Gregson, he won. On Saturday's race, the Extreme Series, which I think was pretty awesome, um, so that was good. But yeah, that's what it kind of reminded me about. I just it looked the same. Denny it looked like Denny was slow, had a problem, came up, and Collerson ran right into the back home. But it was just and video gaming it into into the final turn and gave it his all, which I can't blame him. It's a good move.
1: Yeah, I think I definitely thought Hamlin had an issue before I realized that Larson was just flying around the. Bouncing off the wall doing it, yeah. It was not one of the cars, well, not one of the Hendrick Motorsports cars can be salvaged after Sunday's race, I don't think.
0: No, they cannot. They all had damage. Speaking of damage, let's talk about a couple of the wrecks. So, early in the race, Alex Bowman has a flat tire or a tire rub, and he keeps going. Greg Ives, the crew chief, did not pull him in. He stayed on the race track for another three laps, and there it went. Flat tire, into the wall and William Byron just goes, runs the highest on he gets into the back left, uh, left fender, uh, back left fender, and just completely tears that area off the car. And I'm saying if William Byron didn't run into the back or the left rear of Alex Bowman, I think the car's perfectly fine. Cause the right side was not the problem for Alex Bowman. It was the left side because of the uh, arrow and stuff like that. So After that, he had no speed in the car. The car was pretty much totaled, and William Byron's spotter said they couldn't see him because of the shadow because it was still daylight in the purple signage on the wall because Ally 48 car is purple, and they kind of blended in, and the spotter
1: for William Byron could not see it. Ethan, we'll talk about what happened to Michael McDowell. Yeah, he got loose coming off of the new pavement, wrecked the car. He was fast, or not fast, fast, but I think with all the other stuff, he might have – Man, it's the top 15, and if he keeps the race clean. I mean, to, for, for a team in that situation, you can look at it two ways. One, they're definitely the slowest of the playoff cars. I mean, even even though Eric Elmero has struggled all, all year this year, I think he probably still has more raw speed than the, than the 34 would have. And, you know, on one hand, you, you should be pushing, especially if, you're fat, if you have a fast car, you need all the points you get, all the track position you can get. On the other hand, Darlington is known to be in a track of attrition. And, you know, if if you hang back, play it safe until the last stage, then you're you are in a fabulous position if you can finish in 15th, 16th, 17th, when Kyle Busch, William Byron, and um, Chase Elliott all wreck out and finish in the 30s. So, you know, you can see both sides for that team, and it's a shame for them because they had a pretty fast race car, but, you know, it it was to be expected. I didn't expect them to have that speed anyway, so uh, it was a pleasant surprise, but ultimately it's what we all thought was going to happen with them leaving after the round of sixteen.
0: Yeah, just a tough... Tough tough day there for that 34 team.
1: They've had um, a lot uh, of tough days recently. They have not had good luck.
0: Yeah, I think I think your shirt's not 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 working there, Ethan. Yeah, maybe the
1: last maybe. two weeks I've worn it and the last two weeks he's finished last. So it'll be retired for a little bit.
0: Goes on wins Richmond. All right. <laughs> so Kyle Bush. Um we'll talk a little, little more in the second segment, which is we our new segment because he got slapped with a big old fine. We'll talk a little bit about that, but he, uh, I think it was coming off the new pavement. Uh, Dylan was underneath him. Kyle Bush came down on Dylan. I don't think it was Dylan's fault. Dylan was just kind of riding the line. Bush came down a little bit and kind of lost it. Back of his car, Kyle Busch's back of his car, hits the outside wall, tears it all apart. He's done. And um, We'll talk about the little way that he uh, entered the garage area in the second segment when we do our news segment because he has a... We got a pretty, pretty good old fine there for Kyle Busch.
1: Yep. And, of course, we also had William Byron blowing a tire. He was involved in that wreck or in, in the altercation with Alex Bowman early in the race. They were working on damage all night long, and they had recovered to a top ten. It looks like they were going to have a great comeback story and figure it out, fix the car, and get get out with some points and then a tire goes down at a really bad spot entering turn one, and he goes plowing into the wall. That was a hard, hard lick for that 24 car. Everyone was okay, but the car was totaled, and so he finished way back, DNF'd out of the race.
0: Yeah, and then one last guy that did not finish it's in the pub, Chase Elliott, um, got stuck three wide there on the top. They all got squeezed together, and I think it was Christopher Bell, and it's Christopher Bell in the middle and Bubba down low, something like that. Might be.
1: Might have been one of them.
0: Yeah. But Chase Elliott got stuck in a bad spot. Next corner into the wall. Cars done. Cool paint scheme though. Again, I really loved what he was doing there Um, uh, for childhood cancer and stuff like that. It was just, it was a good, very nice and very cool scheme. He had um a couple of uh, kids with cancer comes to the racetrack with him. So very kind of that of Chase Elliott and that nine-team and HMS as a whole. All right, let's look at the playoff bubble because, man, have things shaken up since after this race. So I think three of the four cars under the cut line a lot of people thought would be locks for the first round. So under the cut line, well, actually, Alex Bowman had a really good comeback because he would look to be in a bad spot after his first track. Bowman is currently 13th, one spot outside, but he's tied with Tyler Reddick. Um, uh, as they're pretty much even. So Alex went out in a terrible situation, and they've came up with this new motto. Uh, they've just been going around Twitter and Instagram and stuff. Hashtag Rally Forty Eight. So um, they're, they're trying to, they're trying to rally, but uh, they're not in a terrible position, which they could have been. Ethan, who else is a couple? Who's another guy that uh, below the cup line that we're probably a little bit happy for?
1: Happy to be below the cut line. We've got Kyle Busch. Uh, actually, I don't have – I just have the standing. I don't have the cut line. Let me pull that up. Talk about Kyle for a moment, Kyle, kind of while I bring that up. Yeah, Kyle just
0: uh, – yeah, was kind of a little mad. Um, had, got wrecked out. Um, and he is only two points below the cut line. Only two points because of all the other issues that happened. But, it, yeah, um, two points under – not in a terrible situation, but not in the best situation. Um, still can make it on points, but just was well, not a good weekend for Kyle Bush.
1: And in 15th, nine points below the cup, cut line. Uh, William Byron, of course, we just talked about his, his wreck a few minutes ago. But because of his playoff point cushion, he's still in pretty good shape. And I think all three of the guys we just talked about, Bo and Kyle, Bush and William Byron can all recover. I don't think McDowell can. I think he probably needs a win at this point with the situation that team is in. However, due to some other guys crashing out and having having problems, he's only 20 points under, which is not terrible, I guess. It's not like for any other team, it wouldn't be a must-win situation. Like if Kyle Bush was 20 points below, I think he could point his way back in. But for that 34 team, I think they'd need a win to get through, and I don't think a win is what they're going to get.
0: Yeah, I I don't think I think it's very tough tough road ahead for that thirty four team in.
1: it already dual. was.
0: Yeah, but I, I I just think at this point it's pretty much impossible. Um, above the cut line, Tyler Reddick, Eric Amarola, Chase Elliott, Chris Rebell, um nine through twelve right there. So Chase Elliott falls back and stands a little bit. Um, as of course, Denny Hamlin is going to move on to the round of round of twelve, because with the one he's locked in. All right. So earlier today on Twitter, I posted, what is your favorite new track that's been added to the NASCAR Cup Series schedule? There's no more tr- new tracks on the, in the playoffs, so I wanted to see uh, what everybody's favorite track was. I only posted this a couple hours ago, so we only got one response, but I thought i will mention it here. It was me, you can also say our favorites, and it is from Victor Santiago Jr. at Autism Racing Fam. Um, his, he said his favorite was Bristol Dirt, and I think Bristol Dirt was great. Um, I they're going back next year, of course. Don't think it was a favorite though. I don't think it was my favorite, but uh, it was a good. I think it was a cool experience to have NASCAR, NASCAR, um, try out some dirt, and we'll talk about another idea that NASCAR has about maybe a dirt track. Um, in the news, in the news segment coming up, but Bristol Dirt Prim. I think my favorite had to be the Indy Road Course. I don't know. I just kind of loved. Yeah, you had the racing and stuff. The crazy curbing issue and whatnot, but I I just thought it was was really cool, and I really liked the Indy Road Course on the schedule. And I think think it should be on the schedule for years to come. I really liked it. Ethan, what's your favorite new track that was added this season?
1: I honestly, I really like Nashville Super Speedway. I think all of the new tracks put on a good show. All of them had a good race. Indy Road Course was definitely chaotic, but – You know, I think there definitely was a bit of disappointment that they weren't on the Oval. Um, So, you know, and plus, I think they wrecked too much. And I don't know. I just don't have as, I guess, just the whole atmosphere around the Nashville weekend, because NASCAR has been going for a... A presence in nashville they're working on bringing the fairgrounds back but right now we got the the a, a unique oval which is something we don't see anymore because nascar races at all the big ovals including we'll get to one that's rumored to be on the schedule later in the news ske- segment um but they're kind of running out of, of new ovals to add and they, they bring this one back from the dead and it puts on a really good show it's really racy uh, tire wear, tire fall off, brake failures, all sorts of stuff. Um, and it's just, I thought it was a really good race. And and it didn't help that, or it didn't hurt that the place sold out, and looked like it was absolutely rocking. And so that's my favorite new track on the schedule.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people agree with you too. Before we move on to segment two, we had a poll this week on your what, what would you rate the Southern 500 at the Arlington Raceway, the track too tough to tame? And I think we got some pretty good answers. I like the answers here. So no one voted for one star or worse. So that's a good start.
1: No one voted for two two stars.
0: That's pretty good. And then 13% three-star, 38% four-star, and 50% five-star. So um, don't really see how it could be a three or four. I think it was a top five race, which I think should a top five race should earn a five.
1: Yeah, um, for the exact numbers, we only got eight votes. So next week, when the poll for Richmond goes up, make sure you hop on over to our Twitter feed and give a vote. All you have to do is press a button, really. Um, but four people voted 50%, three per- people voted, f- or four people voted five stars, three people voted four stars, and one person voted three. So a very good score overall for the race this week. Now, Connor, you want to move on to the second segment? We have a ton of news to get uh, get through, so I uh, think we should move on to that. All Thanks. right. Coming up next, lots of news on the Quick Pit Podcast. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to Clip it Podcast. We're into the segment segment on this week's show. And I mean, we have a ton of news to get into, so we're not going around here. Ethan, what is going on with Denny Hamlin? Denny I haven't not, heard the exact story yet, so I'm going to kind of listen as we all kind of listen to Ethan here. And I'll give you my thoughts on it. Ethan, what is going on with Denny Hamlin?
1: Denny Hamlin has been cheating and not on the racetrack. And, you know, honestly, he's not going to get fired for it. And I'll break it down here once once I get it pulled up. But um, I'm not going to pull it. I don't think he'll lose his ride. I mean, it's his personal life. He didn't technically do anything legally wrong or not like a Larson situation. But I just lost all my respect for the man. And Connor, you don't know what's going on, but um, his longtime girlfriend, mother of his two daughters as well, uh, they've... His, she's basically been his wife for for five or six years in that sense uh posted a bunch of stuff i'm not going to read them out but uh basically she's saying she's had to endure a ton of crap uh hopefully everyone will see this is this is a quote denny hamlin i hope everyone will finally see you for the person you finally are myself and our children deserve better than what you have given i can't believe i ever thought that someone like you can change have a great life denny hamlin so, I mean, it, it's someone else's drama, but I just lost all my respect for the man. So.
0: Yeah, I don't think he should lose his ride. It's his personal life. That's his choice. It's not like it's illegal or anything. It's not like he said a bad word or did something. I mean, that's that's illegal. Like, he, like you don't. Just that's, did that's, a, that's, that that, that's, that just makes yourself look really bad. It's not illegal or anything, but you just look like and You don't look. You don't look good if you do that, and I mean, I, I when Ethan said he was been cheating, I thought he meant on the racetrack. I'm like he cheats on the racetrack. Never heard of that. I Thought he was a nice guy, but yeah, I think a lot of people really don't like Denny Hamlin anymore. And I want you to read. I want to read some of Ethan's text messages after Denny Hamlin won this past weekend's Southern Five Hundred.
1: Let me preface this by this: I have not never really liked Denny Hamlin. I First of all, he drives a Toyota, he, he wins a lot, and he's also not the greatest of personalities. I think he rubs me the wrong way in, in, some, in some circumstances. But this year, I starting to respect him, partially because he's getting older. Um, he's struggling a little bit this year. That paint scheme is iconic. And I think he overall is good for the sport with his on-track product. And so I starting to respect him. A bit more same as with like Logano, Kislowski, Kevin Harvick, a bunch of the older guys who I have been annoyed with for a long time. I was starting to turn the corner on them, not to like them, but definitely not hating them anymore. And this just lost all that progress. He's the fact that he didn't say anything about it either just ticks me off. He just ignored it. Didn't even send out an apology or something. All right, you <laughs> didn't.
0: Ready for this? Ready for get all the listeners? Here we go. This is after as soon as, as, soon as Danny Hamlin took the checker flags. F you, Danny. F you. I want Hamlin to be booed like crazy. He's a brat. I hate him more than Kyle Bush because he's a jerk and a character. Cheater. Cheater. <laughs> <laughs> and so dang <that's> annoying. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he pretty much let him have it. Um, he, he kept a PG, though, so good for you, Ethan.
1: Uh, yeah. Oh, where was the other one? Oh, I must have sent it to someone else. I think I said something about Hamlin having the most punchable face in the garage. Oh, um, that was
0: me. Yeah, that was me. But that was up here more in the text messages. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Ethan, Ethan's not really a big, big Denny Hamlin fan anymore. So, I uh, never
1: was, but this kind of just pushed me over the edge. It, it really, it really did. So, uh, all right, so yeah. Well, let's
0: get away from the Denny Hamlin topic here um, before Ethan loses his mind. So, Kyle Bush entering the garage at Dayton at Darlington. Excuse me. Uh, after he wrecked out, he stormed down pit road and yanked the car into the you know the little pathway to- from the pit road to the garage. Knocked down all the cones. People, you're you're usually pull up there, and people will whistle or let people know to get out of the way. He runs right through the cones and almost hits a bunch of people. People are scattering out of the way. They get out of the way, and he pulls up. Pulls up behind his trailer, and gets out and storms back into the into his camper. Um, I mean, you can't do that. You can't. You can't. You can You can be frustrated. You can be mad that you got wrecked or wrecked yourself, but you can't put other people's lives at risk. You can't just run in, wing your car in there, and hope people aren't there. Like people are going to be there. That's where people are working. That's what, that's people are changing their tires, checking their tire pressure, getting lug nuts ready. Like, you can't just – you've got to have some common sense. You just – you can't, let like, your emotions get that bad. You, you just can't do it. It's, it's unexcusable. And he just got slapped with a massive fine. I think it was $50,000 um, or something like that. So, I say it's deserved because you can't do that.
1: I cannot believe what I'm about to do. But I'm going to defend him. Because this is my sticking point with this. NASCAR fans, we are always wanting characters like we used to have in the Golden Era. Characters like Dale Sr., characters like Jimmy Spencer, other guys who were not afraid to say what they thought, not afraid to, to show their anger, and not just be all the, the corporate, corporate, uh, bland bland guys like we're used to seeing now i i think that he took it too far i think he deserves some sort of fine but i think uh i think we should calm down on the kyle bush hate a little bit because we, that he's doing what we're asked what we're asking for he really is um and i i just had this thought now if chase Elliott had done the same thing with a fiery interview and showing his anger and Maybe doing some reckless things in the garage. People would be saying, Kyle, you know I'm right about this. People would be saying, what Chase Elliott finally growing some growing a, um, growing a thicker skin, finally showing some character, finally breaking out of his uh, his bland self. This is awesome. This is what NASCAR needs. But since it's Kyle Bush, everyone's going along with it.
0: But then you wouldn't be a fan favorite if Chase Elliott did that. Kyle Bush is not a fan favorite because of and how he acts, and
1: I think Kyle Busch overall is good for the sport of NASCAR, both his character and his on-track performance. I don't necessarily agree with how much he got fined for, but uh, he
0: has to be fined. You can't, you can't yes. go into a garage and then drop the S word twice on that on TV, knowing kids are watching.
1: Uh, you were when Noah Gregson did the same thing. All right. You have no problem Pretend with to it. Say that. I'm
0: not being biased, but <laughs> it's whatever. But yeah, I, I agree. He has to be fine for what he did.
1: Yeah, but I think people need to calm down, and he's what we're asking for in terms of character. He is an old school, he doesn't hold back. I mean, have you heard how many times he's talked about the next gen car? It's not pretty. He does not like the next gen car. Um, Speaking of which, with the next-gen car, there was a eight-car test yesterday at Daytona International Speedway. Um, teams involved were the 47 of JTG, daughter teams and drivers. Ricky Stenhouse in the 47 car, Denny Hamlin in the 11, William Byron in the 24, Cole Custer in the 41, Chris Busher in the 17, Joey Logano in the 22, um, Ross Chastain in the 42, and I am forgetting the last one. Who was it?
0: Um, I don't know. Let me look it name. up real quick. But yeah, there was a test, and I think they got what they wanted from it.
1: Last one was. It oh, was. The three car, Austin Dillon. Yes uh so those eight cars there's some videos going around of them drafting together working together working on runs and passing and it's really cool to see the car sounds amazing sounds like a real muscle car and the cars also look phenomenal on the track like now now that you can now that it's not just like the generic no paint scheme no number no sponsor like most of the teams put a uh paint scheme on the thing and they look like race cars they really do i love the body shape of them they look like street cars mustang looks like a street mustang the camaro looks like a street camaro in the body shape and i think that's the best thing of all of this forget the package the cars look phenomenal and i don't know if you've seen pictures connor but each team did something a little bit different with the paint scheme
0: yeah Um, i saw i saw
1: so Denny Hamlin, they don't want pictures taken of that car, which means that team's probably already starting to cheat on stuff and work on different aero things. Uh, but they just didn't even put a number on the side. They just slapped the the FedEx logo right on the side of the black body. William Byron and Chris Buescher just ran their normal paint schemes. Stuart Haas ran some sort of abomination that I don't even know what that was. Did you see that, Connor?
0: Yeah, I don't know what that was either.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Team Penske ran a black car with um, the number with the 22 just stuck where stuck in the new number position. And then uh, Austin Dillon and um, Ross Chastain both had paint schemes designed around the move number moved forward. And I must say that 42 looked really, really good.
0: Yeah, they, they all those two cars looked great on the track. So Speaking. I don't. A super speedway racing. I can't wait anymore. I need to say it. So we just interviewed him. Was it two weeks ago? Two weeks ago now? Yes. So there was some, um, we asked him this question. We asked, it's Brennan gone. We asked him this question. If Beard Roll Motorsports will come back to the 2022 Daytona 500. And he said, well, I don't know yet. We'll have to wait and see. Um, if they want me, to, want me to help, I'll be more than happy to help and for those, sure he knew
1: for sure he knew but
0: just yesterday they announced they will be attempting to race the 2022, 2022 daytona 500 and other daytona slash talladega races in 2022 driver to be determined and i would not be surprised if Brendan gone's trying to help out on that who fill in that driver and I, i have to agree with you he had to have known he had to have known there's no way I, I'm not mad.
1: I just think it's funny. He definitely yeah, knew, yeah, though.
0: Yeah, I'm not mad either. I like that's a business. You have to keep business stuff secret. He's not gonna tell a bunch of high schoolers that he's not gonna break the news by going to matching. <laughs> Brendan Gaughan breaks the news by going to the QuickBit podcast and announcing that the Beautiful Motorsports will be running next year in the 2022 Daytona 500.
1: That that take would, that, that would be, Adam Stern, take that Bob. Yeah, that beard does not have lights. Yeah,
0: but I mean he I'm not mad at it. I just think it's really funny. Um that the timing of everything. I just I think thought it was great.
1: Yeah, and, and that's good news. I love I I've always loved seeing that car in the field. Um the paint scheme they released, uh I don't know. I don't know what to think about. I don't know if you saw it, Connor. Um I wish it was the old South Point design, but you know, I think we'll have to see. I think, I think with, with this number moving forward, it's all going to depend on how much effort the designers put in because as we saw with the 42 and the the next gen test yesterday or on Tuesday, I guess, you know, it looked amazing with it designed around the number, move forward. The three car looked okay with it, move forward. Uh, I think they could have done a bit better job with the three car and then the 62 just didn't look right. And so, You know, it's all going to depend on how they incorporate the design.
0: Yeah, and that's that's going to be the most interesting part for a lot of teams, but um, can't wait to see it on track. All right. Probably the biggest news that's kind of been rumored around and looks like might even happen. NASCAR is talking about going and racing for the Bush Clash out in Los Angeles in the LA Coliseum, which... People are saying it's going to be about an eighth of a mile if they're doing the football field, something
1: like that. And- I think I think what they will probably do, because they've done something like it before, is that they'll actually build it over the first, like, 10 rows of the seats to expand it. And that allows them to put some banking in as well. So it'll probably be closer to a quarter of a mile, three-eighths of a mile in terms of configuration.
0: Yes, and that, that's that's what also people are saying. They might raise it, which actually has been talking about for the Olympics. Um but just it's still going to be the weekend or the week of the Super Bowl and they're trying to reach a new market, which they've always been trying to reach a new not market. We,
1: not Super Bowl weekend. It, it, they're talking the about week,
0: doing Pro Bowl the weekend, weekend, the weekend before and the week of possibly. It could be somewhere like Monday or Tuesday or um, I'm, I'm just giving you examples. It very should probably it's probably going to be the weekend, but they've also could do it Monday or Tuesday. But I don't like this idea whatsoever. I do not like it even though you're trying to go reach a new market in LA and get those maybe football fans. Well, why? It's the Bush clash. It's going to it be two weeks before the Daytona 500. You're making this road equipment go out there to run it. You're trying to get season's fans, but you've got the pro bowl that weekend. You've got super bowl the next, the weekend, next weekend, but there's all the super bowl events going on that week. You got media day. You got players going out there to practice. You got all that stuff. I do not like this idea whatsoever. Traffic is going to be absolutely horrible. And if you want to go to something like that, if you want to to try to – I know you're trying to get the market. That's probably the biggest reason you're trying to go there. But if you're trying to go to practice on a 1-8 track and you want to try to go on a football stadium, why? Go race – like, go race on Bowling Gray or something like that. Go race somewhere else. Just – I don't like the idea whatsoever.
1: Yeah, and I think – I don't know. It 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 really is tough. I love the idea of them trying new things. I love the idea of them trying that market. I love the idea of them going to a short track for the bush clash because it's kind of lost its it's lost its luster. And so you gotta try different things. Maybe every year you do something different with it. Do something unique. But it's just not this. Not this. It. I like the idea in theory, but making the teams go all the way out to L.A. and all the way back just weeks before the 500, I don't like it. I really don't. Now, I will say this. There are... The, the thing will probably sell out and it'll probably be a chaotic, crazy race. Um, but, you know... Is that what NASCAR is going for now? Is that what NASCAR's MO is now? Crazy wrecks, chaos, gimmicks. That's the thing I I don't like about it.
0: I love the idea of going somewhere else, but I would not mind a short track, but I would mind it in a football stadium. That's going to cost a lot of money. You're going to make teams travel over, I think it's going to be 500,000 miles, something like that. And it's the start of the new car. It's the start of the next gen car. Teams are probably not much made of them. And you're trying to get all your equipment ready for the donut 500. Yes, you're probably not going to need in the car, but you're also, what about if you put Speed Weeks back in? People love that. People go down there for two weeks to watch every Speed Week event. And I just don't think this is, this, I love you. I love it. Tr- I love trying something new. Short track, bush sounds great. But not with a new car, not out in LA, not so far away from headquarters. And Especially not with the Super Bowl being the next weekend because traffic is gonna be horrible. Just don't try it this year. Just don't try it this year. Go try somewhere else, but not any, not not in an LA Coliseum this year. Not this year. If you want to yeah. try it next year, Super Bowl's not there. Maybe I still don't like it, but just like just go to go to a normal road court short track that's not an out in LA to make teams travel over five hundred thousand miles.
1: One thing I've seen bounced around that I think would be amazing is if they were to do um, new Smyrna in it's, it's very close to Daytona. And I think that would be great. But like, here's the thing. If you're going for, if you want to do a short track in the LA area, go to Irwindale. It's this, I think it's a quarter mile um, short track bull ring out in the the LA area, it already has over 6,000 permanent seats. But I think if NASCAR wants to do something for this, they should just go all in on a made for TV kind of thing. And you know, 6,500 6, tickets that's that would be the hottest one of the hottest tickets in the country. It's a half mile, half mile oval, it does have a pit road, uh, Irwindale. And I think that would be a much better idea that they've raced here before NASCAR has in some of their lower series. And, you know, something like that would be so much better. I think just from a racing perspective, from a TV perspective and it wouldn't look so gimmicky. That's what I don't like. I love the idea of trying a short track for the clash, but just not this, not this. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Um, I think we'll
0: kind of talk about this in a, uh, weeks to come as news starts developing, what they're going to do, but it's just been a rumor out there. It's, and it's kind of been growing, growing its legs. So don't really love the idea, but I, we'll kind of keep talking about it as uh, weeks come. All right. Little hint here, make sure you stay tuned. We're not going to, we might have an announcement coming in the next couple of weeks about a possible, it would be some pretty cool news um, within, within the podcast. So make sure you're listening to weeks to come because we might have a, we're not going to say anything yet, but we could have, it could be next week. So we had to finish finalize a couple of things, but make sure you guys stay tuned.
1: Yeah. And we also will probably have a guest on next week or over the coming weeks. We're in contact with a couple of different individuals and organizations that we just might get to see some, some new and exciting guests coming on. Finally, Connor, this is another scheduling thing. Gateway is being rumored and heavily rumored to be added to the 2022 NASCAR cup series schedule, which is great, but the race that it's coming at the expense of is not as it is sounding like if this is true and it came from Adam Stern. So I'm going to think that it's true. Um Gateway, which is in, uh, which is at Worldwide Technology Raceway. The Truck Series IndyCar has raced there for a number of years. It's a great facility. It's kind of like, a, it's shaped like Darlington, but it has the banking of a short track. And it, I think it's a great racetrack. It's a really cool, unique oval. And I would love to see the Cup Series race there. Um, I think it's great. I'd really love if they did that. But it sounds like it will come at the expense of the second Pocono date. Which means no more doubleheader next year. Why?
0: I want to know why. Why would you take and race away? Like, you're already there. Just race two. Add one to this, just add a week to the schedule. That's true. Add a, add a week to the schedule. You're already there. Why not race two races? But, or take Texas off? We don't need Texas. I wouldn't mind Gateway on the schedule. I think it's a cool little racetrack. Um, as long as it's in the daytime, because they have some problems with the lights there. <laughs> Just kidding, but yeah, trucks uh, had some their lights um, this week uh, this year. But yeah, I, I don't love. Uh, I know people don't like Pocono, but yeah, it's such a good weekend. It was great. Race was great. Attendance was great. TV was great. Everything was great. It was a great. It was a win for NASCAR that weekend. especially with the finishes, gas mileage, and. The unbelievable bull tire down for Kyle Larson with Bowman Wendy. So, if you're already there, why not race two? If you're already there. Who keep keep it going? And then, if you want to add a week, add a week. You know. But I, if you're already at Pocono, you've done a double it, it, This was the most successful thing Pocono has done. You're right. It is. Why not keep it going?
1: Keep it yeah. till it goes. keep it till it doesn't work. I think what you could do. Um, Well, personally, first of all, this is a very biased take by both of us because Pocono is our home track and we've had a crazy good time at the doubleheader this year. We don't want to see that go away. However, looking at it from a NASCAR point of view, Pocono is probably the easiest one to take off. But yet, you could... The biggest thing here is that there's so many mile and a half that have two races. I mean, take one away from Atlanta. Of course, Atlanta is NASCAR's baby and they'd never do that, especially with the new repay. Um, take one away from Kansas. Can we have one taken away from Kansas? I mean, the truck series already. Um, truck series already races. there basically at the start of the playoffs. They race there the same weekend as um, I think it's the same weekend as Michigan. So it's two two weeks before the start of the playoffs. So, you know, NASCAR already has to, to switch the sh- schedule up a little bit with the Super Bowl being moved forward this year. Maybe just make, make uh, Gateway replace Kansas in the playoffs and shift everything else up a race or something like that. Mess with the playoffs a little bit so that – Kansas is back to one date and uh gateway is in there and you have the Pocono double header or add a race like Connor talked about. Pocono is a unique race track. I don't think it'll replicate the two great finishes we had uh, this year, but I think it still is a unique track to add to the schedule. One of the only tracks where you can have a fuel mileage finish.
0: There's many different scenarios and we want Poconos down there twice. So
1: I, I think that'll pretty much do it for this new segment. Ethan, you want to close it out? Yes, coming up next on the quick pit podcast we will preview the racing at richmond which alex bowman won the last race here much to connor's joy um but that will come up next on the quick pit podcast Welcome back to the Quick Pit Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan. You made it to the third and final segment of this week's show. Hope you enjoyed our news dump from the last segment. And, of course, in the first segment, our Darlington recap and what we think was one of the best races of the year. Now, I don't think this has much of a chance, this upcoming race, to be one of the best races of the year. Richmond is not necessarily the most exciting race turn. Connor. uh, Richmond.
0: Kind of like a short track, but kind of not like a short track. 400 laps, 300 miles, 7.30 Saturday. Saturday night race under the lights, 7.30 p.m. on the Eastern Standard Time. Some track, flags, track facts. Located in Richmond, Virginia, built in 1946. It's a short track. It's paved. Shocker. 0.75 miles long. Caution's people will be 45 miles per hour under the lights, of course, so... Gonna be fun to watch night racing, love night racing, I said that multiple times, but can't wait to see some more playoff racing on Saturday. So can't wait. Looking forward to it. Um and
1: it's gonna be fun to watch. Yes. Um, Connor, who are some drivers to watch out for this weekend's race at Richmond? Alex Bowen, because he's won here before. Of course. Of course. Who else? As I'm struggling to pull the the sheet up. Well, I th- I think it's gonna be
0: your main your main guys. You're not gonna have. I, I think it's gonna be a it's gonna be a playoff driver. Um, um, and it just I would put your Gibb guys in. Denny Hamill was closer in the spring. He's came off a win. Ethan doesn't like him, so if he won back to back, it'd be pretty. Ethan would be pretty mad about it. But I think I think Denny
1: is one to watch out for. I would watch out for. Martin Trix, Kyle Bush, maybe Christopher Will, probably not. Um, let's see here. Who else has won here before? Kyle Bush has a lot of wins. He's got six career wins at Richmond. Ryan Newman has a win here. That's kind of an underdog pick. Kurt Bush has a couple wins here. Um Kyle Larson has won here before one of his rare wins in that 42 car. He won back in 2017. Actually, that was, I think, to lock himself into the playoffs, to leapfrog in that year. Uh, Denny Hamlin does have a win here before. Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano mentioned Kevin Harvick. And I think that's all the active drivers who have won here before. Yes. Um, Whoa, Joe Nemechek won at Richmond before. That's that's wild. Um, looking at the Xfinity Series. Oh, Christopher Bell has three wins in the Xfinity Series at Richmond. So maybe watch out for him. Stick him in your garage. But, yes, definitely a Toyota heavy race.
0: Yeah, and it's just going to remain guys. Um, Once we see pretty much one week in and week out. All right, let's get into picks here. My pick. Wait, is it your turn? your turn. Oh. Ethan, it's your turn. Do you want Siri to go first?
1: Go with Siri as I pull the sheet up.
0: All right. Siri has not been good this year. She does not have a win. Ethan does not have a win either. Um, kind of surprising that none of them have a win, especially Ethan. I uh, had to rub that in a little bit more. But she's going to
1: finished second. Larson finished second. That was my pick last week, and he almost did it. He almost did it. I'm so mad about it. Yes, but... Siri
0: has the eight car of Tyler Raddick winning. Um, he is a playoff driver, so uh, anything could happen, but I don't think he's gonna be the one that's gonna win. But she is gonna go with Tyler Raddick,
1: had a lot of speed, he has had a lot of speed, so you never know. That's not as bad as uh Gase and Briscoe the last two weeks, so <laughs> you, you never know, you really never know. I think, uh Let's go with, let's go with Truex. Thank Truex. goodness you take my pick. I thought you were about to take my pick. Who are you taking? Good old cow bush. All right. Two Toyotas picked for Connor and I, I was debating between those two. I think Truex has been a little bit faster and has had better luck recently. So that's why I went with, with Truex there. So, any any underdogs? We mentioned Ryan Newman. Who else might be an underdog in this race?
0: Um, I could see Austin Dillon actually. I think Austin Dillon has had some of the best speed. That's um, from a non-playoff driver. Of course, I could also see Ross Chastain. I could see those two guys. Maybe even sneaking one out, stealing one under their teeth. So I I think those two are definitely ones to look out for.
1: Actually, uh, Truex was—they're not Truex. My bad. Um, Dylan finished fourth and led fifty-five laps here last in the playoff race at Richmond last year. So that's a that's a good pick. I like that pick. I, he definitely had a lot of speed for that one. So, I, I yeah, good pick, Connor. Um, I think you could see. You mentioned chesting. I might, I mean, with Toyota being so strong here, could Bubba have a good run? Maybe not having a win, but maybe a top 10 run?
0: Yeah, I, I think anything's possible with this Toyota. Toyota's been like, pretty much ruled this track at this point. They've been so good here. And I, I don't know. I, I just I think it's been a really underwhelming year for that 23 team, but I mean, it could happen. Um, I feel like the, the speed, um, just probably needs to have a really clean race.
1: Yeah. I would also look at anyone outside the cut line. I think um, Eric Almirola and Michael McDowell will both have either a surprisingly good race or a surprisingly bad race. I think both those teams are probably going to have to... Well, not Almirola. He's above the cut line at the moment, but I think the 34 team will probably... Uh, take a big swing either with something in setup and either hope it just makes them really good or it could make them awful. So that's what I'd say for McDowell. Yeah, it, it's
0: wreckers or trekkers for uh, that 34 team. You're going to be on the wrecker or you're going to be having those uh, that trigger flag in your hand. So um, it's going to be fun to watch. Can't wait for it. Under the lights, starting that racing. You won't want to miss
1: it. Connor loves Saturday night racing, no matter how bad the track is. Yes, it's my
0: favorite type of racing.
1: All right, Connor, close it out.
0: Thank you guys for listening to this week's podcast. Stay tuned for the next four weeks. We'll have some big announcements coming, so make sure you stick around. Follow us on Twitter. Follow Zenz MC. He's an upcoming YouTuber, our sponsor for this show. Follow him on YouTube and follow him on Twitter. Both links will be in the description. Check out all the links in the description. And we'll see you next week on the Quick Pit Podcast. Thank you guys for listening.